Before starting today's episode, we would like to take some time to remember a great and talented member of the horror community. The legendary Sid Haig passed Saturday, September 21st at the age of 80. We all heard murmurs of his declining health, but with his video in August confirming he was well, we thought the worst was over. This morning, we woke to a post from his wife, Susan L. Olberg, where she opened her heart and shared the incredibly sad news. We know he's in a better place where he is still kicking ass and taking names while enjoying every bit of his tutti fucking fruity. Rest in peace, Captain Spaulding. No, we will never forget you and your light. Heidi and Stefan and this is Ice Cream Parlor the podcast yes that's right another episode of the podcast where we just watch horror movies and then we discuss them absolutely so this week it just was serendipitous that we were going to do the devil's rejects and we learned about the passing of Sid Haig this morning yeah yeah that was a sad awakening I guess it's a kick to the nuts yeah, well, I mean, like... It explains so much, though, because we chose to do the Devil's Rejects for this week because last week we saw Three from Hell, and it made us want to revisit the Devil's Rejects. Three from Hell was a great movie. Sid Haig was in it as, as much as I wanted him to be. Right. And then this, so it was kind of disheartening. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess, like you said, it was meant to be, I guess, that we things aligned the way they did. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we get to celebrate him this episode. So The Devil's Rejects. Right. 2005, directed by Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. And you were saying that you've seen this movie so many more times than you did House of a Thousand Corpses when we did that episode. Right. I mean, so many more. It wasn't, yes, more times than I saw House of a Thousand Corpses. I think I may have only seen... House of a Thousand Corpses once in the theaters and then maybe once after that when it came out mm-hmm. on, you know, whatever it was, DVD or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, it was um, it was at a friend's house that I was hanging out with doing music for a while and they had it on DVD. So at that time, we used to just pop it in whenever we were bored. So this one I happened to see a few more times. Um, but yeah, and then we just watched Three from Hell, which yes, was good. Which was really good. Um, you know, the final chapter. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was happy about Three from Hell because it was kind of like a birthday present from Rob Zombie. (laughs) Right. Speaking of birthdays, I know what you've been doing this week. (laughs) Birthday partying. Birthday stuff. Birthday partying. I like that. That's what I've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, happy Um, birthday. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I was able to go see Three from Hell for my birthday on my birthday and I got a commemorative poster and a bumper sticker that I'm not going to put in my Prius. (laughs) (laughs) You want to tell them about Halloween Horror Nights? Oh, shit. We went to Halloween Horror Nights, y'all. That shit Mm -hmm. was the shit. It was the fucking shit. Also had... And it had a House of a Thousand Corpses maze. (laughs) Finally, that motherfucker is back. Yep. And so, yeah, it's very And Slash was there. And Rob Zombie was there. And Baby was there. And Eli Roth was there. And Greg Nicotero was there. So I was kind of good. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you enjoy it? Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. Um, The only thing I didn't enjoy about it was that I forgot to wear socks. And I had to buy expensive theme park socks. 
So <laughs> other than walking around for days, it was really great. So my favorite maze was House of a Thousand Corpses, but a very, very close second was Frankenstein versus the Wolfman or whatever that one was called. That one was really good. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I liked it. I didn't, I don't know. They were all fun and it was fun to watch you get scared. <laughs> it was, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for letting me throw you around as monsters were coming towards me. <laughs> yeah. Drag me from like behind it. <laughs> I just throw you at the monsters. <laughs> um, it was definitely different going to a horror nights with a dude versus going with a chick. It was definitely different. Well, that's cool. I Tell felt me like about it. I was more scared as a chick because mo- the actors come towards you more and, and 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 try to scare you more when you're just chicks. But when you're with a dude, like my dude, you're like a huge guy compared to me. So you're like this huge dude next to me and they're like, I'm not going to fuck with him. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, I can't say that I've had the same experience at Horror Nights because I've usually gone with a mixed group of people. And you're usually the dude. Well, no, it's usually a bunch of dudes and chicks and we, you know, but I also haven't been in years. While we were there, I realized that the last time I had been to Horror Nights was before smartphones were around. <laughs> so everybody was actually enjoying Talking it instead of snapping it, Yeah, right? exactly. Conversing. It was different. It was different. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was fun. It was pretty cool. But you know what I found this time? So the first maze we went to was Frankenstein. And mm-hmm. then after that, I won frankenstein's monster plush yes like, you did and then i had that to was walk. pretty amazing that was pretty cool <laughs> but i had to walk around the theme park with that the whole time and it changed the way the actors approached me it went from trying to scare me to interacting with the doll which i think also played a part as to why i wasn't screaming as much as i would have right right yeah it was it was good there was a few parts in some of the mazes i feel like they were we were just backed up to where you could just see what where the person was resetting before you walk through and you know that's the one thing i don't know i like about is i don't like about it is when you know you're in such a tight line and you could see the guy scaring like you know yeah two or three things ahead i did a survey after that remember i gave somebody my information Mm-hmm. I did a survey and that's exactly what I said. There needs to be more spacing in between groups because mm-hmm. that, that definitely was right. I was so creeped out about, um, for example, there was the walking dead maze and, uh, it was decent, but it wasn't as scary as it could have been because I did see yeah, the guy. Coming like, up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like even though the curtain closed behind the other person, you still saw that somebody was jumping yeah, out. It gets a little obvious after a while, but I mean, all in all, it was good fun. So yeah, it was yeah. it was so fun. It was really cool. And uh, so that that was all for uh, your birthday shenanigans, huh? Well, I also had way too much Korean barbecue yesterday. Like I'm still full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll but, yeah, do it, it was, to you. It was real cool. Um, I went to um, flamenco show with with patty cakes for my birthday. Also, well, for our birthday, and um, it was at El Cid in Hollywood. It was so fun. Hey, like there's so much more respect for the flamenco dancers because they have the um, whatchamajigs. Those little symbols that they have what in their hand. I don't know. Shit. They're like tiny bells in their fingers. They're not I've, bells. I don't, they look like little cups, right? You know, like in in cartoons, little, they play clams. <laughs> yeah, like little tiny symbols or something that are in your fingers. I don't. I don't remember the real name. So. They have to do so. Flamenco. 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 With a C. 
flamenco. It's from Spain. And so you have to, there's just like all this rhythm. You have to have rhythm. You have to keep the pace with one hand. And then you, Caracas? No, that's Venezuela. <laughs> and you have to keep the pace with one hand. Another one, you do the actual beat. And then you also have to remember the choreography. You got to stomp your feet and you have to look intense. That sounds like a lot to do, to be I honest know. with you. It was beautiful though. I kind of prefer the uh, madness of a mosh pit sometimes. It's just like super simple. <laughs> you get in there and you go try to all go one way like a hurricane and then uh, survive. <laughs> it could get kind of crazy though. <laughs> so you've been tagging along with some of my birthday things. What else have you been up to? Um, still working on some video projects. I don't have a lot to update. I don't know. I'm just glad to be here to do another episode. It's been a little while. We had to get stuff done. I had some of the busiest days at my day job. I was working overtime and uh, just, you know, not having the freedom to sit down and do a lot of the things I want to do. But, right. but things are coming along. I've got a few things cooking and hopefully I should be able to release uh, some new uh, video music. content and music. Yeah, soon. Yeah, no, I saw some of the stuff that you were doing and it's fucking rad. I love it. Appreciate it. Thank you. I um I showed it to a dude from work, and he got his approval too. Ooh, I'm glad I got another dude's <laughs> approval from your work. <laughs> no. no, it's good. I'm glad to I appreciate it. Tell him thanks, and hopefully, yeah. you know when things. He, come he up. said next time you play to give him a call because yeah, well, it's, it's your, his kind of music, and I okay. was like, all right, all sounds right. good. Sounds cool. You gotta fly out Philly Watts and uh, uh, I don't know if that's and... happening, but, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, um, that would be cool. Tell me what Devil's Rejects is to you um, compared to House of a Thousand Corpses. So they're the same characters, but to me, they're two different things. Yeah. Um, House of a Thousand Corpses was more like, <sighs> bring out all the fucking shit that could be wrong with people and have it there. It House of a Thousand Corpses was more like, was more like um, Texas Chainsaw for me. And this here was more, uh, Devil's Rejects is more like balls to the wall. What is it? <laughs> Just all out chaos. Yeah. I always, to me, this one's the more straightforward, like Vicious. crazy killer mm -hmm. um, rampage. Just, you know, whatever thing. The other one, there was this whole mystery, the Dr. Satan, the under, like there was a lot of weird unexplained shit that started happening at the end of that movie, which this movie never goes back to touch on. They never bring up the weird cult stuff well, and all that. There is a deleted scene um, that if you look on YouTube, you can find it. There's a deleted scene where Dr. Satan is in the hospital and uh, some of the sheriffs are like, oh, shit, we'll get into why he was in the hospital or what happened. But um, they're like, oh, he was in a coma. The nurse, Rosario Dawson, who is named Marsha in this movie, um, she is like, oh, he was in a coma. And, and then one of, the, one of the deputies was trying to flirt with her. And then she kind of lets her guard down. And as soon as she does, of course, Dr. Satan reaches up and grabs her by the throat and she starts choking and then the chair the, the deputy comes out and tries to help her but dr satan rips her throat out and she dies this is a deleted scene from devil's rejects oh from devil's rejects yeah okay okay well you know they deleted it obviously because they didn't want to go revisit that part i guess well they deleted it for various reasons they wanted to try to get the rating that they got however they also um wanted to kind of make it separate 
So, yes. All right. Well, you know, like in the beginning, I'll be honest with you, when I first watched Devil's Rejects, the only reason why I even kind of realized that it was like a part one, part two is because of Captain Spaulding. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, well, Baby's character also is pretty much the same. But the thing is, um, Otis... He had this huge beard, and, I, and early on, I just didn't put two and two together. You didn't recognize it was him? No, I didn't really. I thought it was just some different guy, you know, with this giant beard, because I couldn't recognize his face. Well, he has, he, this is one of, okay, Bill Mosley has said that this is one of his favorite characters, Otis. But, you know, I recently rewatched uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And I was like, why does that fucking guy look so familiar? And I'm like, he can't be the hitchhiker from part one because he died. And it turns out it was fucking Otis. Right, right. But did, so did he have long hair and a beard and all that? Or he no? had like, he had some long hair, but he also had like missing parts of his mm. head. So, <laughs> yes. But I, I get what you're saying. He is, he is so different in this movie versus... Right. Versus... Um, House of House a Thousand, thousand Corpses. Corpses, right. He was all really, you know, psychotic and ranting and saying all this crazy shit. And he had and a, like, a rapist. A, yeah, he had a, a room full of uh, some dead and some not dead cheerleaders, you know. And Yes, the characters still carry over, but I still feel, I still watch them, even though I know they're the same universe. I still watch them as two separate movies. Same characters. We have Sid Haig as Captain Spaulding. Slash Cutter. He also Cutter. goes by Cutter. Yep, yep. Uh, Bill Mosley is Otis. Sherry Moon Zombie is Baby. And then we have... William Forsythe. And he plays Sheriff Wydell. And yes. Sheriff Wydell is the other Sheriff Wydell's brother. Yeah, House of yeah. a Thousand Corpses. Mother Firefly goes and shoots him right in the neck. Mm-hmm. That right. is his brother. Right. And that was in a House of a Thousand Corpses. Right. And see, that's the thing. I think when they came out, there might have been a, such a gap between me seeing House of a Thousand Corpses and this one to where I didn't even remember it at the time. It was way later on that I was like, oh, wait, this is they part one and part two. They came out two years apart. Oh, did they? Yeah. But <sighs> if you saw them on. in DVD, <laughs> if you saw them in DVD, then it would have been a lot longer. Well, it was, it, it's, it, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it didn't click right away. Like, I know later on I realized, like, oh, okay, this is like a part one, part two. Yeah. Um. Also in the movie is Ken Forey. Is that how you say his name? I don't know. but He plays um Charlie, yeah. and he is uh, Cutter, a.k.a. Captain Spaulding, a.k.a. Love of My Life, his brother in the series. Um, adopted brother, I guess. Right. But right. Um, he also was in that movie... Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 with Bill Mosley. Oh, wow. So I wonder if that's like uh, <laughs> Rob Zombie knew that and was like, you know what? I want to get some of these same people in my movie, you know? Well, I mean, a lot of them are from the same kind of like B-rated kind of films. Mm -hmm. um, Matthew McCory was tiny and this was one of his last roles or his last role before he passed as well. He didn't have a, a, much of a role in this. Well, I mean, he did have a pivotal role in the end. Mm -hmm. But... And as he far had, as like he, the opening starts with him as right, well, right? Um, and then let's see what was her name, Karen Black, Mama Firefly from the first movie, did not reprise her uh, role here. It was now played by Leslie Easterbrook, who did a really great job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was pretty crazy and psychotic, and yeah, like, she was a more like intense Mother Firefly. She, 
She the, the one from the first one was like super horny and needed to get it. She reminded <laughs> me of like Stifler's mom. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this one was like I don't even care if I get it anymore. I'm just going to like... So I'm going to fuck with fucking, you. Fucking, yeah, murder and kill and just like get in your head. She, that, that's really what she was. She was like, I'll get in your head. Also in this movie is Danny Trejo. Mm-hmm. And... Um, oh, the, the rest Diamond of Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> yeah, it was like the worst makeup job in this movie. It's he like is they, so ugly. It's like they fucked up his makeup. I'm like, you know what? It's perfect. No, they put his makeup on and then they hit him in the face with a frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the plot of the movie. Seven months later, this happens. They go and the, the police department raids the home. Right. The Firefly, the Firefly Farm. Right. And they raid them and some manage to escape. Right. And this is the story of their escape and their survivals and then um, and what happens through all of their adventures. Right. Yeah. And we, we get a really close understand. We get a, a very good understanding as to their relationship. You know, uh, Captain Spaulding, Otis and Baby and how they work and function as a family unit. Mm-hmm. We also see that the strength that they have as a family is actually really strong. They just express it differently and viciously. Yeah, cool. So let's uh, let's, let's fucking do this get thing. Into this thing, yeah. All right, we'll be right back. You're playing on a level that most will never see. You're gonna start the killing. You best start it right here. And we're back. And we're back. back. I'm going to tell you something. Back again. What are you going to tell me? I am the devil. I've are come you? to do the devil's work. Uh-oh. Should I be scared? No, not really. Okay. You're worse than I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, All that right. was a nice watch again, huh? Yes. All right. I All mean, right. I dig it. I love the movies. I mean, I know that people have their own thoughts on rob zombie and his movies but i just dig them like even halloween part two i'll watch it if i have to <laughs> uh, i don't know it's, it was it was good it was good to see this one again in this context mm-hmm. um you know again i've seen it a few other times before i you know i didn't watch it the same for the same reason as i watched it now so it was good to see it again um again uh I would say there's less humor in this one. Oh, maybe not. Like, maybe they're trying to be funny in a weird way, but, like, there's less humor in this one. There's definitely um, more humor in Three From Hell. No, I don't think that would say that either, because, there again, there was hardly any Captain Spaulding. He's, like, the comic relief. 
he has the jokes and he has the smile and the face and he just kind of like he does it. He does have this presence. You know? This one yeah. yeah, this one he had obviously more presence in this one and, and everything, but still it was more of a serious thing. They gotta escape. They have to like I don't know, shit was getting bad for them, so they had yeah. to get out. So it obviously starts off with that opening scene that you were describing, um, which was right. the so, raid, the police raid. Seven months later, after the Halloween night that we met everybody, mm-hmm. um, so it is now May 18th, 1978. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff, the other Sheriff Wydell. Wydell, the brother. The brother. Yeah. And his... Um, his what what is it? His squad. Oh yeah, it's like the whole police homies, force that he brought. They um they go on a search and destroy mission for the Firefly family. Mm-hmm. Ah, I said it right that time. Good. Um, for and they're charging them for seventy five murders. It's not that many considering there was supposed to be a thousand corpses in there. <laughs> okay, seventy five murders and disappearances over the last several years. So there's obviously some that they don't know about. Oh, there's a lot that they don't know about. Like you gotta think about it. They know about the ones that had families that cared. Yeah. But they don't know about runaways or hobos Mm-mm. riding the oh. rails. It was the seventies. It was the seventies, like nineteen seventy. No, okay, so the summer of nineteen sixty nine was like the rise of the serial killer. So the 70s had so much more of that. Hmm. So there's like, it's insane. We, there are serial killers we don't know about that we just haven't connected yet. Right. That's just so, reality. So can you imagine, imagine what's going on in Texas of all places? People crossing the border, like just tons of shit. Right. Apparently some of the, some crazy shit like this was going on yeah. too. So, so basically, they're going to get raided in the they're opening gonna scene. They're going to get raided, yes. And the scene actually starts with um, we see somebody dragging a naked woman, mm-hmm. dead naked woman, through the woods. Yeah. And we find that it's tiny. We know mm-hmm. tiny. We know his stride. We mm-hmm. know it's tiny. And he's dragging the woman, and she's like through dead leaves and all kinds of shit. And the there are maybe 10 police cars come barreling down the dirt road, make a left into the road that takes them to the farm and tiny's looking at them like oh shit yeah do you know what i thought about in that scene is how much it must have hurt to have dragged that actual naked actress or whatever the woman she's like wasn't a doll it was really her like have you ever been outside on the grass with no clothes on and then get dragged like that shit's gotta hurt like so no i've never been dragged through the woods but (laughs) (laughs) right i know that i get that i'm saying but like if that's my point is like think about like if you've ever like played sports on a field and you've gotten i don't know like the point of it is is that there's little rocks pebbles sticks uh let's say twigs all that and have you ever walked barefoot in the woods maybe sort of okay so think about okay have you ever walked barefoot in your yard and be like oh shit right can you imagine your whole back however I know that you like to say movies from back then. You're like, oh, that shit's probably real because they didn't have those special effects. This was 2005. I'm pretty sure Rob Zombie would have put a mat under this broad. Well, I don't know. From my perspective, I was like, wow, that naked girl is 
probably hurting a lot right now with all this well, good. That shit means she's he's like getting dragged through. Um, means he did his job. Who who did? Rob Zombie? Yeah, because oh. you thought about the pain instead of thinking, oh, sure. oh, she's probably fine. Right. So the police go towards the house and I believe it's Baby who wakes up and she sees the cops coming and she's like, what the fuck? She's sleeping by herself. She goes to Otis to wake him up and it's like, the cops are here. We're surrounded and he's got like dead girls in his bed. Why not though? I mean, you know, he's Otis. That's how he does it. As Otis does. Right, yeah. So um, everybody gets up. Everybody gets locked and loaded. Rufus is there. Mama Firefly is there. Otis is there. Baby is there. And Rufus has this full-on armor on. Yeah, like he knew something was going to go down. Like at some point, they had to have been prepared. They had a contingency (laughs) plan. They had a plan. He had like a welder's mask on and like lead like Mm -hmm. um, britches. Yep. And then they all had like some sort of metal mask or something that they put on, they had. Yeah, they all like took care. And then once the police were there... They just started fucking shooting at them. And the police fired back. And, you know, everybody's just, it's like a fucking showdown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they they had to have been ready for this. They knew shit was coming at some point in time. Rufus was already already ready. But, you know, it's like. He probably sleeps in that shit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, anyways. But so this showdown, you know, is pretty. um, It's pretty fucking intense. Pretty intense. But we lose. Uh, we lose Rufus. Mm-hmm. He gets shot. Killed. Even with all that armor. All on. that armor, he gets shot dead. Yeah. Uh, Mama Firefly, so distraught at her baby being dead, just stays there with him while baby and um, yeah, Otis, Otis they, take off. Yeah, and so they, they take the off yeah, through some back way and then through a sewer tunnel. But Mama Firefly won't leave. Mm-hmm. And that's how she ends up getting arrested. Right. And she tries to kill herself, though. She tries first. to kill herself. Yeah. The sheriff comes in and she like puts the gun to her head and tries to. She has some clever remark, I'm sure. And <laughs> click. Yeah. Nope. She's so, going to jail. Yep. And we're talking about 1974 jail. Where, well, in when Texas. we finally see in Texas, when we finally see her in jail, it's really like chain link fence around a desk. Yeah, I mean, that's more of like a holding cell to me. Mm. But anyways, that's um, they probably don't want to mix her up with the population either because she's crazy. But either way, um, yeah, that was some intense opening scene. They, um, Otis and, and Baby flee through mm-hmm. that little um, yep. escape drainage did, uh, pipeline, whatever right. it was. And then they go to, they end up on, um, on a road where they trick a little old lady who's mm-hmm. a nurse. A, a chain smoking nurse, it looks like. They they steal her car. Yeah, they pull the old, uh, oh, I'm wounded on the road, and she has to stop and get out to help. And then when she comes up, like, baby turns around, but and then, like, Otis is behind her, and they, like, stab her and kill her. And... Yeah, so baby's laying on the road, mm-hmm. and the nurse tries to get out. It's like, oh, my God, what's going on? And that's when that happens. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, I, that's why you don't help motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Just run right over them. <laughs> So um, they steal the car and uh, they kill her and they and they go and drive to look for a phone because they have to warn their dad. Right. Yeah. Who, which again, from the previous movie, I didn't really realize that it was their dad, either one of them or not. I don't know. I like, think what it is, I think it's baby's dad and Rufus's 
stepdad? I don't know. Because who was their dad in the first one in House of a Thousand Corpses? They Wasn't he? No, it was grandpa. That was grandpa, the other dude. Yeah, but right. Spalding. But the the dad wasn't there supposed to have been a dad who I thought he was one of I Cap, thought Dr. that Satan's. was Rufus's and Tiny's dad. And then he went down into the catacombs to work with him. So then Mama Firefly got this boyfriend named Cutter. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Captain Spaulding. So no, that's how I that's how I processed it. Okay. All right. Either way, it's fun. <laughs> okay. Um. So they call. <laughs> They call Captain Spaulding, and he's shacked up with some woman. Yeah, it's, it starts off as if it's like a halfway decent woman, but then he wakes up and it's a pretty... Uh, I kind of want to use the word beast of a woman, but... <laughs> Why? Because she's fat? No, she's just... Uh, that's only part of it. But yes, she's gigantic, and she looks like she smells bad, and she looks like she doesn't take care of herself, and... like. I'm all about body positivity and you can be big and fucking gorgeous as shit and fucking work it. But not this one. She's looked like she smelled of goat cheese. Yeah. Right? Or butter. Or like old <laughs> butter. And um, she's like begging Captain Spaulding to, to continue fucking her because she's so horny for him. Meanwhile, he comes out and he is pretty gross. He is pretty gross. Like he has like stained boxers and he looks like he smells like cigarettes and whiskey, which is not a bad thing, but like at eight, nine in the morning, it probably is. I, I, I'm a whiskey girl. And um, he gets up to use the bathroom or whatever. Yeah. It's so gross. But um, he gets a phone call from Otis or Baby. I don't remember which. I think it was Baby. I think it was Baby. You're right. And he's like, I got to fucking go. And he takes off. And they are going to go meet at a predestined, uh, as pre-planned destination, right? Someplace. Do we know where that is? It's not the. It guys... is the Khaki Palms okay. Motel. Okay, wait. So, but that's not um, uh, Rufus. I mean, uh, Captain Spaulding's friend's place yet. No, right? No. Yeah. No. They're just going to meet up at this motel. Yeah, they're going to go meet up at this motel, the Khaki mm -hmm. Palms. And the Khaki Palms is, have you ever driven, if you've ever driven from Los Angeles to Las Vegas and you drive by Baker or Barstow, there's like this abandoned fucking drive-in movie theater kind of thing. That's what the Khaki Palms looks like. It's uh -huh. just desert and one hotel. Yeah, yeah. That's so. all it is. It's all, that's all it is. And so at the Khaki palms before otis and baby get there we meet this family and or this family of traveling it's a like traveling musicians. band they're musicians yeah. they're called banjo and sullivan <laughs> banjo and Sullivan. and yeah. it's a woman who sings and her backup uh, which is the band and they have a, a roadie with mm -hmm. them and it's that actor oh. brian posein huh yeah. I love you. Yes. He's that's a comedian, exactly it. not an yeah. actor. Well, he's sort of an he actor is a also. Comedian. But... And it's funny because I actually like him a lot. I yeah. just never knew his name. Yeah. He, he's that, oh, he's... I guess, I guess I'll sit in the corner. And <laughs> a guy. Yeah. Unass unassuming. He's, he's unassuming. He's a funny comic. He's, he's got some good stuff. So we meet them and we find out that their husband and wife, and then there's another couple there, and then there's the roadie. So there's a total of five of them. Mm -hmm. They separate at some point. They're getting settled into the hotel, and the husband goes to get ice, and that's where he meets 
baby. baby. Yeah. And you know, baby's doing all... her baby thing and she's being flirtatious mm-hmm. yep. and making him rock hard and shit. And he and then she goes, Why don't you take me back to your room? She's like, My wife is there. And that's when baby snaps. And she's like, You're fucking taking me there, asshole. And so Otis and Baby take them all hostage. Yeah. And not just in a nice way, like, hey, like, like, dust till dawn. It's like, hey, you're stuck here with us. It was get your naked wife out of the shower and bring her in here right now. And she has to sit here naked. Of course, that was Otis. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the only one who's not in the room when this goes down is the roadie, Brian Posehn. Yeah. Who shows up later mm -hmm, and he gets shot in the head for it. <laughs> yeah, and that's all that Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so they're just but, being taken hostage because they're just the. It's convenient it's because convenient, they don't yeah. because ev- the news is everywhere. They're branding them the devil's rejects: Captain mm-hmm. Spaulding, Baby, and Otis with their mugshots everywhere. So they need to lay low. That means they can't risk asking for a hotel room. They are taking them for their hotel room right. at least for the time being, mm-hmm. and. It is so fucking vicious in that at one point, Otis makes the wife get naked in front of um, in front of everybody and pretends like she's having to go down on him at some point or maybe actually does. I don't know. They don't show anything, but it's so forceful and and um, and hard to watch at some points. Right. Yeah. Um, and then. Probably why some people, you know, can't stomach this kind of a movie or whatever. You know, they just want to kind of imagine that uh, people like that don't really exist in the world. So then Baby is left with the women in the hotel room. And Otis takes the, the both the dudes that remain out on a mission with him. And the mission is they're going to go and they're going to dig up. Uh, an arsenal of weapons that Otis previously buried somewhere in the fucking desert. Mm-hmm. Um, Which they never, I mean, I know we're going to get there, but like they never get the weapons though, right? Like yeah, he, they do. Oh, he does. Fall. Oh, right. But he, he doesn't get help because he ends up killing so, them. Happens, he so. kind of accidentally kills them the fuck up on their way to go. Yeah. Like you should have killed them before. After they, they were, dug up your weapons, yeah, they but were, whatever. They were running their mouth too much, and he just. Oh, this is not one to shy away from hard yeah. work if needed. Yeah, um, but so right, yeah. So now the, the that's where uh, so he takes them to go get the weapons. Basically, he leaves uh, baby behind, and mm-hmm. she's watching TV with the girls. So yeah, they're watching TV. Yeah, they're watching TV, and and the girls, one of them wants to go to the bathroom, and baby goes. You can piss your pants for all I care. What are you going to do mm-hmm. for me? Mm-hmm. And then she makes one of them hit the other one as hard as she can. And she gets off on that shit. <laughs> so, and, and after a few tries, it's an acceptable punch in the face. Yeah, I think it was a slap like, in the on. face. Yeah. She and wants so to, she, she wants to her... really see her give yeah. it to her. She's like, no, nah, not a little love tap. Because at first she's like, it's just like <laughs> a little slap. And she's like, nope, try harder. So on the third time, she gets her real good. Mm-hmm. And then so baby then... She then has to go and say thank you to baby that she was really enjoying it and kiss baby. And then she was able to go to the bathroom. Mind you, she's only wearing a shirt because she was the one that was naked in the shower. Um, While in the bathroom, she's like trying to get out. She's trying to figure out what to do. Um, Baby realizes what's going on and Mm -hmm. she starts fucking uh, going crazy. The other woman, the 
the singer, the wife of the older man, was like, this is my chance. She takes the gun from Baby and she goes and she shoots her, but there's no bullets in it. So what Baby says is, stupid cunt, there ain't no bullets in this thing. It's all fucking mind power. Right, right. And that's really what everything fucking is. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all it is. So she kills her and then she kills the girl in the bathroom and then... Oh, no. The girl in the bathroom runs out, escapes. Starts banging on every other door trying to get help. Right into... Otis. Captain Spaulding. Oh, right. Captain Spaulding. Right. Of course. Yes. And Captain Spaulding takes her back into the room and they kill her the fuck up. Yeah. He tries to comfort her at first, but he knows what's going on. He's (laughs) like, oh, no, you're come safe. You're safe with me. And then all of a sudden he's leading her back and baby's there and whatever. Right. What the fuck? Meanwhile, um, on his way to the hotel to rendezvous with everybody, Captain Spaulding is in his truck that he got from his girlfriend, thing girl, thing thing girl, girlfriend. Um, I, I was going to say whatever it was, but a I didn't mean it as in woman. she was a beast. I mean, as in whether it was her girlfriend or not. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it just came out wrong. Um, he runs out of gas. Oh, um, Captain Spaulding does. Yeah. Right. And so at the gas station... There's this little boy with his mom, and you explain it. Well, um, from what I remember, you know, he goes up, and the kid's like, hey, look, mom, it's a clown. And the mom's like, what are you talking about? And she looks around, and all of a sudden, there's Captain Spaulding. And he's, um, I think he just jokingly says something like, I'm going to have to take your car. And she's like, oh, For some oh, clown business. And she's like, what's yeah. this about clown business? Yeah, and then he gets all serious. Is like, and then bitch, she like I'm tries to run away car. from him, and then she's like, he goes, "You never turn your back on a clown," and mm-hmm. kills her. Yep. And then gets in the car, and the little boy's still in there. He's like, uh, and then he like threatens the little boy, and the little boy runs away. Yeah. He says, "What? I don't make you laugh or something like that." And then that's how he ended up with the car that got him to the fucking right. shit. Right. Yep. So now we've finally got all three of them. Basically meeting up at the uh, rendezvous point. Exactly. Exactly. Otis is still coming with the guns that he's still digging up. But he has already... um... But when he killed them, Mm -hmm. he told them, you shouldn't have fucked with me because I would have just killed you. Now you're going to suffer. Because what he does is um, one of the guys, um, Adam, which is the younger one, he cuts his face off. Yep, he does. Just uh, very Texas Chainsaw massacre Oh, they don't kill that girl, by the way. They just hold her hostage for a little bit longer. Oh. Um, the one that runs out? The one that runs out, yeah. right, yeah. Right. So. Oh, they don't kill her at all, actually. They don't she kill her at all. She stays alive, yeah. They, um, so Captain Spaulding, they just hold her hostage. And then they wait for Otis, who's taking his sweet-ass time. Yep. But why is he taking his sweet-ass time? Because he had to dig up the guns himself. Yep, and cut somebody's face off and make a mask out that of it. That takes time. So that he comes time. back and he's wearing the guy's face as a mask. Right, and, he is. And this kind of scares the shit out of uh, Baby and Captain Spaulding because they're like, what the heck? And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, wait, what? And so what they do is they're like, we'll just leave her behind. Oh, um. Uh, somebody says, what's up with all this mess? We'll just leave it for the housekeeper or whatever. Mm-hmm. The next morning, so they take off in the in the band's van. Yeah. The next morning, the housekeeper shows up and she's like, these fucking white pigs, right? <laughs> and she's like, they're fucking disgusting. And she opens the door, she's the bathroom and everything's gross. But then as she's in the bathroom, looking at how dirty everything is, the front door opens or closes so that we can see behind the door was this, uh, was the, the, the girl that was left 
hanging there, like, you know, from the hook of the a coat rack or hook or whatever. And she's wearing her husband's face. Yeah. I think the housekeeper sees uh, the two dead people in the tub before. Oh, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, like, freaks out. And then she, like, kind of turns around. And that's when all of a sudden the... the the, the door girl, closes. Yeah, the door and closes. Then, and so she gets off the hook and she goes and she's asking for help from the housekeeper. But the housekeeper thinks she's being attacked by this fucking crazy person. Right, right. The housekeeper runs out. The the girl runs starts after her and she starts her. running and she's crazy. And the whole she's, time she's running, she still has, she the, still face has the fucking face on her on. face. <laughs> and so finally she goes out into the road and... Yeah, splat. Gets hit by a truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, um, and she dies. And there's this big old long streak of blood... Like just and like entrails and everything grossness just on the road. Yeah, it was a very um, it's a, it's a kind of scene that where like going back and watching it now, you can like I can see, I don't know it's it's a, because I've been doing video editing so like I can start to see like what techniques were used and and it looks very much like something that can be done pretty easily in like the new you know video editing software uh-huh. that's available nowadays. Um, but yeah, at that time, that was the hip technology. Well, so also in that hotel room, it was written in blood, the devil's rejects. So it was like their calling card. Like, mm-hmm. bitch, this was us. Yeah. Now what, motherfucker? Right. They're not shying away from it. They're owning it. They're like, oh, catch me if you can. Right. So then the sheriffs show up and they start investigating the crime scene. And they're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And, and they don't know what to do. They have no leads. So come... Um, so here comes Sheriff Wydell, who calls on the actual two, on the only two people in this whole movie to actually do any police work. And that is Danny Trejo and Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page, yeah. They are two, (laughs) what, like, bounty hunters. Yeah. And he tasked him with making sure that all of them are identified and tracked down because he's got some shit to settle with them. Well, they killed his brother. You see the sheriff slowly trying, slowly starting to lose his shit. Yeah, he's getting crazier and crazier. Um, so these guys he's are He's taking this a very like it's emotional to him. He's like well, attached. it's his brother, right? I know that's what I'm saying. Like it's not just a regular police business type job for him. He's really going all out and wants to catch these freaks. All right. Meanwhile, the Devil's Rejects, mm-hmm. Baby Captain Spaulding and Otis, are heading to Charlie's. And Charlie is um, Cutter, also known as Captain Spaulding, his brother of sorts. And we say of sorts because Charlie's black and Captain Spaulding does not look black. He might be mixed, but he's not. In real life, I think Sid Haig's Armenian. Really? Yeah. Maybe. Um, but, um, you know, but that also could mean the term like they might have been brothers in... Whatever, brothers in arms, brothers and partners, you know, like in crime, bro- like a lot of yeah, reasons. Yeah, I'm just why calling them brothers. Yeah, sure. So, so, but he knows it's a safe haven and it's a place he could go. Yeah, but Charlie kind of doesn't want him there. No. But he's like, fuck it. Like, what I gotta do right. what I gotta do. I mean, it's a fucking whorehouse, so. Oh, yeah. So it's a whorehouse. Right. And that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like the Bunny Ranch if it was disgusting. I don't know what <laughs> if it is disgusting or nothing. So a few things are happening. The three are traveling in a van and they're getting on each other's nerves because at the end of the day, they're a normal fucking family with normal family dynamics, like well, the little what, sister. But that's what we were finding out in this movie. We in just 
going back to the previous movie, we were learning them as a psychotic family that has like a crazy comedy show and dress up parties and all this other stuff. This is where they're like sort of trying to act normal. Like I'm bored and what are, what right. are you doing and here? And that's where we get the tootie fucking fruity because yeah. baby wants ice cream. Otis is like, we don't have time to stop. Yeah. Um, Captain Spaulding is like, you can't get the kid an ice cream. And he's like, we're not stopping for fucking ice cream. And next thing you know, everybody's eating ice cream. Right? Yes. So there you go. Very comical. Very (laughs) similar family dynamics to my upbringing, actually. (laughs) Oh, yeah? We always did whatever my little sister wanted. Mm, Gotcha. So, um, they're on their way to Charlie's. Also, the unholy two, Rondo and Billy Ray, Danny Trejo and Diamond Downs Page, they are on the hunt for uh for the devil's rejects and captain uh sheriff Wydell has mama firefly still in his jail right so he's... and so he's questioning her yeah. and he is bringing her all of these photo albums and books and everything from the house you know she's looking at the photo albums and she finds pictures and she puts two and two together and she's talking about um she's talking about oh why, Dale? I don't know if my memory serves me properly, Black. Fucking shot him in the head. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff is fucking going crazy and he's like attacking her and he's like, oh, fuck, 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 right? And he's losing his shit. He's losing his shit. Yeah, he's I, not exactly following the book. The, no, the, the absolutely book of the law. <laughs> not. But he does, he does do some kind of investigative work. For example, he finds out that Captain Spaulding is actually a, a Groucho Marx character from Animal Crackers. And um, all these other characters came from the same kind of movie. I so thought that part was that, interesting. Yeah, that was really interesting. He did that kind of police work. But then he, what he also did was, you know... He stabbed the fuck out of Mama Firefly and she died. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's the Texas. It's it's Texas. It's the seventies. But you know what? That was a great scene. Her death scene was fucking amazing. Like it was. She's like taunting him and taunting him, and she won't stop taunting him. And then she's like, "Oh, I know you want me." And he stabs her, and she kind of like, mm, like is feeds into it and she's like i'm not giving you the fucking satisfaction <laughs> right of killing me without it being my idea motherfucker this movie makes me want to say motherfucker a lot yes and i you i feel like you want to stab things too no i don't <laughs> mama firefly is dead right rufus is dead mm-hmm. tiny's missing but the three end up at charlie's Yes, they do. Which is incredibly a whorehouse. Yeah. And Charlie plays that old uh, trick where he's like... Oh, really? This is an old trick? Like, this is what normal people do? Yeah. Just explain like a it. Lot, There's a lot of movies that do this where they're like, bitch, what are you doing here? I told you never come back around these parts. And they stare each other down. They maybe pull a gun on each other like they're going to shoot each other. And all of a sudden they're like, I'm just kidding. It was a you. water gun. Right. Water gun. Exactly. Like... It, that's just yeah it's it's an old trick that's been in a lot of movies i feel like where well not with a shotgun that's actually a water gun no, that's the part where i was the like whole, mm. it's the it's the um 
Misdirection. That's what it is. You right. Know? But what Charlie's also doing, he's being like good old uncle, right? He's like, oh, baby, I haven't seen you since forever. And is, and to Otis, are you still an asshole? And uh, and Otis flip, flicks him off and he's like, uh, yeah, I guess he's still an asshole. Yeah, he acts like he's like a seven, I don't know, 12-year-old kid, eight-year-old, nine-year-old an kid. An asshole, eight-year-old kid. Shit. Well, right. <laughs> but that's what, I don't know. That's what I get out of it. It's like, you're still a little asshole. He's like, mm, fuck you. Yeah, I am. What I failed to mention was before the sheriff stabbed Mama Firefly, he was like hallucinating that his brother came back to life and was telling him he needed to avenge his dad. Yeah. And that's when it takes a huge turn. Like he went from being cop to being vigilante. Yes. Yeah. So it's like a kind of, um, you know, the reverse roles are happening now. Like is his wicked actions justified or is he just as crazy as... The killers. Right. But, but yeah, he starts hallucinating. He sees his uh, brother. His brother basically tells him he ain't shit and he needs to avenge his death. And he's gone basically mad, loony at this time. He's crazy. Yeah. You and, know what happens next? Um, chicken fuckers. Oh, right. The chicken fucker scene. You think I'm going to cut the head off a chicken and stick my dick in there? <laughs> what the hell? What the hell are you talking about, boy? I'm just saying, you look like some chicken fuckers. <laughs> so, Charlie and Mars. Was it Mars from... Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. That guy was from The Hills Have Eyes. Was it uh, Mars? Was it Pluto? No, it was Pluto. Pluto, right. Pluto. Yeah. Pluto from The Hills Have Eyes is, I guess, the right-hand man for Charlie in the brothel. And if you don't know who that is, you need to... Go take a look at that movie because that movie is the Shiznittle Bam. Right. Hills Have Eyes, the original. The original. Yes, the original. So they go and they go looking for chickens because, as um, as Charlie puts it, my brother makes the best damn chicken and he needs good chicken. Yeah. So he goes well, to this guy who has like a truck full of chicken yeah. sitting there in his overalls with no shirt on. You know the kind. And is like, I'll sell you this chicken, but are you going to fuck these chicken? Because I don't want to sell you chicken if you're going to fuck the chicken. And he's like, you saying that's when he said the line that you just said. And he's like, well, I don't think you're going to fuck the chicken. But that guy over there, he looks like he'd fuck a chicken. Yeah. And that guy's like, what, bitch? You talking to me? (laughs) But he's so tough. And I I liked him. He was cool. (laughs) But but, so that was funny. But then on the, so then they got the chicken and they're heading out. And then Charlie gets pulled over by the sheriff. Sheriff Wydell. And Sheriff Wydell, like, intimidates him and actually, like, puts his fingers in between the door and starts to crush his fingers and says, you better make sure those three are at your brothel at midnight. The unholy two found them. Danny Trejo and Diamond Dallas Page, they're the ones who found it. Not the fucking cops. These guys did because they're like, we heard of this guy named Charlie who owns a whorehouse who used to run with some guy named Captain, Captain Spaulding. Spaulding. The curse of having such a recognizable name. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they got checked out. Right. So well, Charlie has a moral dilemma. I wanted to also say something back to the fried chicken thing. I mean, we know Captain Spaulding's got the best fried chicken because it's, it's a gas station. <laughs> it's a gas station. It? It's fried chicken and gasoline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't forget your complimentary bag of chicken. So right now in the movie, we've got um, this kind of backstabbing moment going on where Sheriff Wydell is telling... uh, It's a moral dilemma. Is he going to do it? Is he not? What's going to happen? So 
at midnight, baby is taking a bath and one of the one of the women of the brothel um, is kind of keeping her company. Otis is in bed with another woman and Captain Spaulding is doing a whole fuck ton of coke in the living room. Right. Yeah, he is. He's so, just having a blast with it. But it's uh, Charlie's it's Charlie's stash. Yeah. They're just partying it up. And Charlie's doing it because he knows, fuck, I got to, you know. You got to keep them up, up until midnight. Well, that, but then also, like, he's Maybe just going he's out conflicted. with a bang. Yeah, he wants to, like, fuck it. If I'm going to have to do this, then we'll have one last good hoorah before yeah. shit happens, you know. Well, so, the Unholy Two come in and they start to attack. They capture Baby. Um, they capture Otis and they capture Captain Spaulding yeah. because they are all with their guards down because they were in a place where they trusted the people there. Yep. However, Sheriff is the one who found Captain Spaulding. And at the end of the day, it wasn't Captain Spaulding that killed him. It wasn't Baby and it wasn't Otis. It was Mama Firefly. He already avenged his brother's death. She's the one who shot him. Yeah, that's right. That's true. So, like, he doesn't really probably know that, but, I mean, like, maybe he does. But, but she like, said it. She said, I right, shot him yeah. right in the head. He still wants to get them all, but. Yeah, I guess. So, um, next thing you know, the three of them are tied to chairs. Yeah, this is where it And gets, they start getting uh, tortured. Brutal, right. So, so Otis t- gets his hands nailed down to the chair. Yeah, this is, like, the tables have turned now. Yeah. And- They're supposedly the same kind of injuries or whatever that they found in the other people mm-hmm. that they had. But what's also happening is that we, as the audience, are, are first of all, if we weren't taking an interest in the bad guys already, right now we are put in a position where we feel like they're the victims. We need and to we're take care of them. We got to go help them. Right. This crazy cop has gone, you know, lunatic and he's like well, trying to torture them. Well, because law enforcement them. should stay law enforcement. Law enforcement is not supposed to have feelings and they're not supposed to um, go outside the realm of the law because that's why we have them. We have them as Law enforcement, they're supposed to be the cool heads. They're supposed to be the ones that take care of business because people are flawed and we know this. Right. That's why we have a system. That's why it's so scary when cops go fucking bonkers. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, cops, they need more support than they get as far as mental health because first responders see some crazy fucking shit. So they need some more support as far as mental health. But that's why it's so scary when a cop is off his rocker. Sure. And, but I digress. So they're tied down to chairs and Sheriff starts showing them pictures of girls. And Otis is like, uh, he's like, do you remember this girl? He goes, oh, fuck. Yeah, I remember. And the sheriff staples the girl's picture onto Otis. Yeah, yeah. Right now he's just trying to get into some like extreme torture techniques. Like, I'm going to staple you. I've, so I've, he's already, like... Yeah, impaled your hands. What is it called? I was, it's impaled, right? I was going to say stigmatized his arms. Um, <laughs> I guess, yeah. It's sort of like the the way that you would nail somebody to a cross. No, but, you would nail them through here because their hands would rip. I don't know, but I always feel like after that kind of a scene that you're still going to be useless. You're going to be immobile. You can't grab something with a hole in your hand. You We're can't, talking like, about, this is Otis. I know, so, but you can't like lift yourself up, pull yourself. I mean, not that he did. He actually just stayed in the chair until Tiny comes and rescues him. Well, hey, I'm not there yet. Oh, my God. Oh I spoiled the movie. So then Baby takes credit for the second one. And meanwhile, Kevin Spaulding is fucking just out of his mind. He's not even coherent. He's like... 
he he can't even see anything, do anything. He's <laughs> yeah. just gone because either he's gone. too high or he's like like fucked up in the wrong way. And so baby escapes. No, no, no. The sheriff says, "I'm gonna burn these down." And she he and he goes, "You're gonna have to." I'm going to hunt you or something. And then let's baby go. And she like runs, Mm -hmm, um, even though her brother and her dad are burning. And so she runs and she's like, it's her home. So she knows where to run. And she goes and she's running around and she's, she's looking, she finds Charlie. Charlie has come back for them. Yeah. He's cut because they're taken to the, their own ranch. They're not back at the brothel. I know. Right. Um, That was what Wydell's plan. Took them back to their home. Right. To the Firefly ranch. And so, they find so Farley Farley. Farley. <laughs> Who the fuck is Farley? Charlie finds um so Charlie finds baby and he's going to help her, but then the sheriff catches up and kills Charlie. Right. Baby is then vulnerable and is like going to get killed by the sheriff, and that's when Tiny, Tiny comes, comes back. At this point, um sorry. So at this point, Charlie gets killed by the sheriff. Baby runs and gets shot in the leg and she falls. And here comes the sheriff and he's going to come and kill her. And he can't because Tiny gets him and fucks him up. Yep. He kills him. Tiny is fucking powerful. Of course. He grabs Baby and picks her up and then she's like, you have to get Otis and Daddy. And Tiny, without even hesitating, goes into the burning house takes Otis out of the chair. Yeah, and pulls take, those stakes pull, right out yeah, of his hand. Because he's fucking powerful as shit. Gets Captain Spaulding and gets them out of the house and um, puts them into Charlie's car and Otis starts driving them away. And Tiny walks back into the burning Yeah, home. he kind of tells them, like, just go. Like, he waves to them, like, no, I'm okay, or nods or something, says, so I'm right. fine. Otis says, then, we'll, we'll come back for you. But so he doesn't realize that Tiny's going to walk into the house and burn himself, which yeah, I don't even know. I guess maybe at that point in time, Tiny's like, well, I got nothing left, you yeah. know. So he walks back into the blazing house and that's his end, I guess. Yeah, which is kind of poetic because he his whole disfigurement started with the house burning down by his father. Right. Well, I want to say his name was Edgar. Yeah, see, that's Something what I'm like saying. That. Like, his dad is not Captain Spaulding. No, yes. his dad is the guy that's in the catacombs with Dr. Right, Satan. Right, right, right. Which, until I saw the deleted scene, I thought that Captain that um, Dr. Satan still lived down there and nobody found them yet. Well... It, which could be the case. Could which be. could be why they didn't pursue that avenue. Because then it could still be... Um, something that exists. But so who the person that dies at the end of House of a Thousand Corpses is not Doctor Satan. It's the, it's the mutant monster that he created. It's their dad. Their dad, right? Yeah. yeah. He knocks down the uh, the pillar and then he falls. Yeah. yeah. So, so so right. The Doctor Satan character. But everybody in the catacomb could, still exists. Right. I guess. It's all the mental institute uh, patients. Right, because the chick at the end. That's how well, she ended up back on his table. Back, yeah, exactly. So right. So that's another thing that I was thinking about too years ago when I did put two and two so together. So they have the house. They have the house. They don't know about way over yonder in the actual cemetery because mm-hmm. remember that's not their home. Right. That's the cemetery. Below. Right. Yeah. So I wonder. Yeah, something's still going on. But maybe, maybe, maybe there'll be a Doctor Satan movie coming up. No, I don't think. I think that he's gonna put the nail in the coffin now after this third one. Which is rightfully so. Stop trying to rehash old shit. Just move on. So anyway, 
Captain Spaulding, Baby, and Otis are freebirding down the highway. Mm-hmm. In this, like, convertible? In, in Charlie's convertible. And they're fucked up. They're bloody. They're tired. Captain Spaulding is passed out. Baby's asleep next to him. Otis is driving with his hands bandaged and bleeding. Yep. And they're driving, and everybody's kind of defeated and collapsed. It's like Freebird playing, too. I think you did. You I just, just said, said that. that. Yeah, okay, well. And so suddenly they see that there's like this. Well, Otis barricade. is the one who sees. The other two are just sort of passed out in the backseat. Barricade of police cars mm-hmm. just stopping the, like on the road down the way. And this is all like we don't hear this. We only we hear Freebird. Free yeah. But. We see Otis waking everybody up, yep. arming everybody, and everybody's yeah. This is their... trying their best to get up and 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 cock their pistols and and the shotgun and they're like, you're yeah. saying motherfucker. You hear that? You yeah. see them voice that. This is their set it off moment. <laughs> and they just start Bonnie and Clyding it down the road. Yeah, just and so they get. Pretty much fucking killed and fucked up badly. So you see them riddled with bullets mm-hmm. and um, still fucking going. And then you just see them just falling one by one. But they went out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, they did. And I feel like that that's a, it was a good ending. Like them going out in a blaze of glory like that was a good ending. We Don't not, spoil well, three from hell. We're not going to get into three from hell, but they kind of like dig into the magic bag of Hollywood cinema to like bring them back to life again, which is a little bit pushing I guess the that's limits. Not too much of a spoiler since the poster has right. them. Okay. Exactly. It's just pushing the limits. Anyways, go watch that movie too. And it and, was uh, the shit. Well, yeah, it was a good ending, but this movie actually had a great ending. In my opinion, I think it should have ended right there. That's all we needed. Those two movies. One, two, and done. Boom. One, two, punch. Boom. <laughs> That's how I feel like it should have ended. Um, but go see the third movie and um, create your own opinion. Anyways, so that's basically the end of this movie. Then we get a, a bunch of drone shots, which I wonder back then if it was drone or a helicopter. It might have been a helicopter because we didn't have drones back then, did we? Well, you said to me when I said, is that drone or helicopter? You specifically said it had to be helicopter with the, zoom. Yeah, I think it was. It was a helicopter with a camera at the bottom. And they were doing like some real, yeah, zoomed in shots and everything. Because they were pretty low and close to the trees and the ground and all that. But um, yeah, that drone shot thing has become very popular nowadays. You know, Easily done now if you have some money to buy a drone. But... Back then, you had to have a budget to get a helicopter. Um, so anyways, then we were left with what, Freebird still playing or some whatever other song. And the movie's over. And the movie's over. The end. That movie was kind of magical. And yeah, whatever. I say that about a lot of Rob Zombie stuff. But that movie was actually really magical. It was a really good end of a chapter. It was um, the non-mystical parts of House of a Thousand Corpses with a little red bow in it. It was beautifully done. It was gory, uh, but not too over the top. It was violent, and it was campy in some points. It was good. I love The Devil's Rejects. Yeah, I, I give it two thumbs up. I mean, I definitely feel like this one's more of a... You can, like, you can actually believe that this happened 
the other one, first one, House of Thousand Corpses, there's some parts where it's a long, it's like Jeepers Creepers meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets like all this other crazy shit. Like, you know, there was a one scene in the other movie too where like all of a sudden like a bunch of people just jumped out of nowhere in the catacombs, remember? And they like grabbed at her right. or whatever. It's like, well, who are the heck were all those people? But this movie, at least everybody was accounted for. Everybody made sense. It was real. It was just, you know, they're, you know, they were in a shitty situation and you had uh, people kind of hallucinating and just going crazy. But all that's very right. real and believable. The, okay. So that's what I love about some horror movies. Like arguably ghosts don't exist. Monsters don't exist. Some kaiju movies don't exist. Like kaiju monsters argue. don't. That's why I just said that. One, some way argue that those things don't exist. Arguably, they don't exist, right? But fucked up people exist. That they do. And I find that it is important to watch these kind of fucking movies with fucked up fucking people so you keep your head on a fucking swivel so you can avoid being in someone's soup. Oh, that's what it is? <laughs> I don't want to be soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither do I. <laughs> but fucked up people happen like sure. and who knows what i mean there's a formula for it but barring the ability to put those people aside early on in life you gotta fucking deal with fucked up people yeah yeah and it's um... and while this movie was not based on a true story this movie is very similar to the bender family known as the bloody benders who terrorized kansas in the 1800s oh wow yeah which will be a rabbit hole episode for sure sounds good so people do fucked up shit and movies like this don't exactly celebrate it um it reminds you that it happens that's what most people should take away from this instead of the whole like oh well violent movies make violent people do violent things like that's not really true yeah because i said it i've said it before I come from bad neighborhoods. I've had fucked up shit happen to me. I still live in bad neighborhoods. I have a podcast and a love for things that celebrate horror and gore. I played video games as much as I fucking can. I don't go around doing the stupid shit to people. I know. I I may be an asshole, but it doesn't mean that I, you know, these movies and video games cause this shit. No. No, this is your own fucked upness. Yeah. I mean, again... This is art. It's entertainment. You have to look at it subjectively. Mm-hmm. It's that's what it is. You get if you can find something to appreciate in it, then great. If you can't, then fine. Turn it off and move on. Go look for something that you can find. Go watch the you Notebook. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. I have proudly never seen the Notebook. Neither have I. Liar. I haven't. Um, but yeah, this was fun rewatching this one again. And obviously, it was perfect timing. Unfortunate perfect timing with the passing of it Sid. It wasn't Haig. perfect timing. It was serendipitous. Serendipitous timing. Timing. Whatever. It was. You know, we will we, miss we, you. We Captain put a bow, We put a bow on the whole thing by watching the original, watching the this one, watching the third one, and yes, <sighs> we'll miss Captain Spaulding. And but you know what? That's the movies are there. We can watch them. Over and over again. And you can go watch other movies that he was in. Such like as, Jackie Brown. Right, Jackie and Brown. And Foxy Brown. He, he, well, he was in, yeah, I think he was in a few more too with uh, Pam Greer as well. Yeah. 
So he was part of the whole black exploitation films mm. of the 70s. So he has tons of great things he's done. Yeah. It's not just Captain Spaulding. It's not just the judge in, in Jackie Brown. He's done he has a whole filmography of shit that is fucking great. Yeah. Though he stopped making those ones because he didn't want to be typecast anymore as that thug over there. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so, um, he has this magical spark. He had this magical spark that will live on through his movies. Yep. And we celebrate you. Yes. So that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for visiting us. We greatly appreciate you coming back for more. Yes. Um, if you haven't subscribed, please go ahead and do so. Leave us a rating. It definitely helps. Yep. And reach out to us. We really love the interaction. I know that I get a lot of personal interaction from and feedback. But, you know, if you have anything to share, whether it's how wrong we were, how right we were, um, what your favorite horror movie is, what you want us to do next, just let us know. Reach out to us. We are most active on Instagram. And our handle on Instagram is I underscore scream underscore parlor. Uh, and all of our handles are listed in the show notes. You can check out our website and sign up for our newsletter, icecreampodcast.com. There you will be able to find all the latest episodes, all the latest news. When we finally have the merch up, that will be on there. And access to our Patreon page um, for all the extra content. Yeah. You I can... was wearing my ice cream parlor shirt today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I was too. Twinsies. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, email us at icecreamparlor.podcast at gmail.com. Send us absolutely anything that you want. Uh, we will read your letters online. I mean. How do you will. I don't know I will. I will read your emails if you need us to. <laughs> and. Um, that's about it for now. And that's it for now. So we will see you next week. Yes. With. I don't know. Maybe a little bit of a different twist on the movie next week. Well. Yes, we'll we'll go into that. All right, cool. All right, awesome. Thanks for listening again, and tune in next time. Don't let the door hit you or the good Lord split you. <laughs> this is Heidi and Stefan signing off. Okay, bye.